It is November 1st, 2019, the night that NXT invaded SmackDown. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Matt Morgan and Michael Wiseman, here to talk about how the WWE had uh, their back against the wall tonight. They had an imperfect situation. They made the best of it. Matt, how do you think tonight compared to your average episode of SmackDown? This is, my, in my opinion, besides the, one, the first episode on Fox with yep. Rock and all, you know, this is my favorite episode. Yeah. I mean, do you think they're going to take the wrong message from this, though? That, like, like see, when we have no time, we can just pull it out of our ass and people are going to love it. No, I think it pushes forward um, Hunter's idea. Of yeah. We need to get the NXT is the hottest brand they have. Um. And tonight there was a definite different excitement and electricity in the air. You could hear, you could feel it in the crowd, even that was watching the show there. Um, I thought this was the best show, honestly, so far. It was SmackDown on Fox by far. I thought it was so damn entertaining, actually. Yeah. I mean, it was really, really good. So, Michael, Wrestling Inc. has details on this. What's the story with talent that was delayed in Saudi Arabia? Some just taking off, some just getting on a plane mere hours ago here a full over 24 hours after crown jewel so there's a whole bunch of of backstory here and i would love to give you everything but it would take literally the Mm. entire podcast here but essentially what happened is yesterday obviously a talent like brock lesnar he was there tonight he was able to get out because i I don't know if he left during the show but he had his own chartered flight ready to go um all the rest of the talent there there was a they said there was a fuel line issue but the long story short is they ended up getting on the tarmac and set on the flight on the plane for six hours waiting to take off yes and so it was a pretty a pretty bad situation um they eventually got them off the plane um got them to a hotel we're feeding them obviously i know there were some concerns about you know people staying in a hotel in saudi not being able to get out that was not the case here Uh, last i heard i think it was happening during this show i saw wrestlers tweeting ali kofi kingston saying we are getting ready to take off we are leaving and so it did seem like um those guys were getting gathered tonight now there were a few a few guys who got out. They chartered their own flight, according to the WWE press release that came out today. Um, but yeah, just a crazy situation where they were trying to leave it in a 20-hour flight, guys. So you have this six-hour layover on the tarmac. You're trying to get out of there. But then you have a 20-hour flight ahead of that. So um, just all in all, a terrible situation for the talent over there. They wrestled a show yesterday. Um, it's crazy hot. It's just a, just not a great situation. Um so uh, our thoughts are with them as they come back home. Again, the point here not being to get them back for SmackDown. We just want to get these guys home, right? Yeah. Matt, what was the worst travel delay you ever had traveling with WWE? Australia was mm. usually a really crappy flight. Japan's a crappy flight. Uh, Italy's a crappy flight. Um, just the length of those flights really are. But there's you have a delay, but you can just as quickly get a quick uh, a seven to eight hour delay flying from here to California. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, we feel for the talent tonight. We open on commentary with Tom Phillips, Renee Young, and Aiden English because Michael Cole and Corey Graves uh, were not there due to the travel issues. And then we had Brock Lesnar, WWE Champion Brock Lesnar, come out with Paul Heyman. Uh, they showed us the match of Brock versus Kane last night at crown jewel in its entirety 
uh, which had me and others worried about what we were going to see tonight on SmackDown, what type of show it was going to be. Um, afterwards, Paul Heyman announcing that Fox wants Brock on SmackDown, but screw them, my people perfected litigation. And uh, Brock's going to go to Raw and hunt down Rey Mysterio and Cain Velasquez. So uh, take that. And this is how we don't have two championships on one brand. Uh, what do you think of this move, Matt? It's good. I, yeah. I think it's good. I, I think Brock would have. Actually, I don't know because the Fiend on SmackDown is obviously a bigger draw, right? Um, yeah, I'm indifferent with Brock at this point as champion. Um, I don't like him clogging the championship, but you know, nonetheless. Who cares? Just they had to figure a way to get one championship on each show, right? Yeah, I, we all thought it would have been that it would have been put on the fiend to decide on on it would have been on his storyline and how these championship titles got separated. You know what I mean? That's what everyone was saying, but nobody had said, "Oh, Brock Lesnar is going to go do." You know what I mean? No one saw this coming. Does that surprise you, Michael? That if Fox made the decision, they said, "You know what." Brock was great for the first week ratings, but we want that Bray Wyatt kid and that Fiend character. We think there's more ratings potential in that anchoring SmackDown on Fox. Well, a couple of things. Number one, kudos. Uh, This was a great surprise to kick off the show, to your point. Glenn, I was the same way. I was like, ah, crap. We're going to get recaps all night long. And so the twist at the end where he walked out was fantastic. But yeah, to see Fox... Uh, if, if it is Fox and Case who said we're good with the Fiend, we're, we don't need Brock Lesnar anymore, that surprises me because you heard so so long going into this partnership that Fox was going to be the sports brand. And they got Fox Sports and they used to have UFC and they wanted Brock Lesnar or Ronda Rousey, right? So maybe they're going to get Ronda Rousey. But Brock leaving um, and potentially going to Raw full-time is a strange thing. I was surprised when the rumors broke that Cain Velasquez might end up on Raw full-time. So it um, doesn't seem like what I would have expected from Fox, but maybe they are leaning more into the we see the potential in The Fiend, we see how over he is with the fans, uh, and there's big money there. But also, I like what they did here with Brock Lesnar leaving to go fight Rey Mysterio. And this Cain Velasquez match, right? Uh, we thought there might be a rematch at Survivor Series at one point, but this feud between Lesnar and Mysterio is just it's it's become really good and and there's a real real big heart element to it and mysterio is as popular right now as he's been in years so um from that perspective i like how they're telling that story logically as well yeah um so i have to ask matt what did you think of that match yesterday and brock defeating kane so easily in such a short amount of time he's hurt he's 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 uh it's not like they didn't know his knee was hurt he being kane they knew um, so there must be some plan there. There's no way they sign him to like a three-year deal with this in mind, um, unless it was to do what they did and come back to Kane again. It's really tough to tell, honestly. Um, it was very one-sided, obviously. So I, maybe his knee's worse than they expected. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Matt, I thought about you so often yesterday when I was watching Crown Jewel because you said from the very get-go that Cain Velasquez just didn't look – and he's in UFC. He's in shape, right? He's an athlete, but he didn't have that WWE look to him. And um, when I saw him walking down to the ring yesterday at Crown Jewel, I, I was like, Matt's exactly right. This dude, right, he's, he's UFC shape, but he does not scream to me, big star ready to fight Brock Lesnar no. on the big stage. So, From body language yep. to everything. He just, yeah, he just uh, seemed listless. He was just walking and like, you know, yeah, shopping at the grocery store or whatever, right? Like, If you're going to have somebody that's going to be Brock's kryptonite, yeah. like, 
come on, give him, give me something. Yeah. Um, I mean, with this, clearly they're keeping it going. It's, is it weird though that Brock would defeat Kane like that and then be like, I got the win. I beat you down, but now I want Ray so bad. I'm switching brands. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. Um, I, I think that's the story. It's going to go with him and Ray, obviously, Brock and Ray. Which is yeah. good. I mean, that could be great, actually. And yeah. Ray earned it. I mean, Ray beat him down with the chair. So I could see, too, how Brock was so incensed from him getting the upper hand momentarily that he just, you know, he just reacts because he's just a monster. Right. Yeah. So after that, we get a glimpse of Triple H and Shawn Michaels backstage. Bailey in a match defending her SmackDown women's title against Nikki Cross. Match had a decent length of time. Bailey picking up a win here. A little bit of a showcase for uh, Nikki in this. But afterwards, WWE NXT Women's Champion Shayna Baszler comes out of nowhere, attacks at ringside. Um, she attacks Banks, Cross drops both of them, gets in the ring, attacks Bailey, uh, beats her down, stands tall. And man, this is when the night really got going. Were you surprised by Shayna showing up tonight, Matt? Say again? Were you surprised? Uh, what was your reaction? Yeah, to uh, definitely. Most definitely. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I was surprised by the whole entire NXT uh, takeover, if you will. You know, the show, the invasion. It was cool. Um, Michael, how much of this do you think was planned in the sense that yesterday they announced that this was going to be happening? Um, this takeover uh, Survivor Series match having NXT versus Raw and SmackDown. Do you think the original plan was always to do some sort of invasion tonight? Were they going to slow roll it? Did tonight accelerate it? What's your uh, take as someone uh, who follows and writes the news on these sorts of things? I, th I have to believe that it was a they were going to do a slow roll originally, right? You can't tell me the original plan was to have all of these NXT guys. It's just not WWE's typical MO. Uh, now, I do think the invasion angle was going to happen, but I think it would have been spread out over tonight, over Monday night, and, and over the coming weeks. Uh, because, again, they already had some matches planned for tonight, right? They had uh, a big tag team title match plan. They had The Fiend on Miz TV. And so I think their backs were against the wall. And maybe the women's match was going to be the impetus. But you could tell very early on. They had called an audible. They had Shawn Michaels there. They had a different announced team. And they were announcing surprises whenever they were bringing all this up. So um, I think they leaned into it more than they would have. I think you might have seen somebody show up because they did announce NXT is going to be part of Survivor Series, but I think they leaned a whole lot more into it than they originally planned. Yeah. Um, it was really cool tonight. I mean, to see that, to see Shayna there. Uh, who would have thought, what, she's 39? Making her uh, debut on SmackDown. I mean, it was a cool moment. Matt, yeah. I know you and I both have been critical of Shayna in the past. How do you think she looked tonight to a brand new audience? Let's be clear. I still don't take anything back of what i've said about critiquing her not thinking she's on the on the level with the other smackdown women superstars or a raw or smackdown superstars as far as charisma goes promos go the whole all-around package goes that you now need to be you can't be a one or two trick pony any longer you have to be all well-rounded nowadays um and I don't take any of that back. Let's be clear. Why I thought tonight was good was simply because of the surprise element and nothing more. That's all mm -hmm. that was. Let's not get all. Let's not get swept away, and give, and change our opinion. I'm not going to change my opinion on her until I see something different out of her char charisma wise, promo wise, um, 
body language wise, facial wise, there's so yeah. many different things in her. I, I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't think is on the same level as the other women in either division for SmackDown or Raw. She's an athletic stud. That's true. But that's not enough anymore. And she was a surprise tonight. So that reaction that everyone has, oh my gosh, it's because it was a surprise. And it was um, the first of the same surprises. If you go back to the WCW evasion, who was the first one to invade? Do you remember? Um, yes, I know this. Um, it was either Bill DeMott or Lance, and it got a, a Lance Storm, one yeah. of the two. And, 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 and it got a huge reaction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, also the wrong city. I mean, that's been analyzed to death of everything they did wrong with uh, the invasion angle. I thought Shayna's look in such a brightly lit arena, um, she looked badass in the ring, but when she stopped moving and was there in that leather jacket, I think she almost needs to work on amplifying her character, changing her look a little bit for such a brightly lit, big arena feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think it's true. And I also think these guys have not spent a lot of times under the lights on TV in big arenas. So um, she's obviously younger at this than a lot of people in NXT, but I think also they need more reps with that and maybe going on the road and doing something like that will help them because it does. You're right, Glenn. She, she showed this tonight, but it does look different to be in that ring on raw or SmackDown in a bigger arena. Yeah. I almost think the leather jacket was a mistake. Uh, she was reminding me of, um, what was it like on the facts of life when Pamela Adlon showed up and was like the bad kid in the leather jacket shoplifting <laughs> from Edna's edibles, like under the bright lights. It just doesn't, it's not as menacing looking as in the dimly lit arenas of NXT. Yeah. Um, I see what you mean, Matt. I mean, Rhea, Rhea Ripley was, she, she looked fantastic later on. I know we'll get to it, but um, Rhea, yeah. Rhea looked, on, I mean, but that's kind of the difference though, right? Matt, you don't know how it's going to translate until you're there under the lights. Rhea looked amplified, like turned yeah. up to 20. She yeah. did. She looked amazing, larger than life. But with Shayna, um, I think the bigger stage didn't uh, amplify. Rather, it just sort of pointed out some of the flaws in her character and how she comes across. Um, so Pat McAfee replaced Aiden English on commentary. And after that, we had Sami Zayn backstage talking smack about NXT, which I thought was was funny. Uh, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee appear, interrupt him. Sammy plays like, oh, hey, I'm wearing an NXT shirt. Oh, no, it's in my car. And then ends up running away from them mm -hmm. out into the ring where Riddle and Lee uh, end up uh, beating him down. What did you take of this, Matt? Because I think if we would have predicted it, wouldn't it have seemed like for years the conventional wisdom Sammy might be one of the inside guys, if there was going to be an NXT schism on yeah. the main roster. Yeah. But now that's all out the window with him as manager. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can see why you would think that. Yeah. And it yeah. would help him too. I think it would have helped him as well. Honestly. Yeah. It was, um, Hmm. Like, I don't know. How I feel about that. Michael, what did you make of this segment? Uh, it was fun. I enjoyed it. You know, you had Matt Riddle out there, uh, Keith Lee. I just, they were fun and it was a good surprise because you knew they were taking this invasion angle seriously. Um, Sami Zayn looked like a little bit of a chump and I would think he would side with NXT before anything else. That's my yeah. only complaint here. Um, but it did make the NXT guys look like stars, which was kind of their MO for the night. So from that perspective, it worked. Yeah. Um, after that, we had Ms. TV. Now, this was supposed to be Ms. TV with the new WWE Universal Champion, the Fiend Bray Wyatt, who was mm -hmm. unable to make it due to travel issues. So instead, um, Ms. was just going to interview himself, then interrupted by Tommaso Ciampa, who came out, took the mic. I mean, setting up to a one-on-one -on -one match. Matt, I don't think... <laughs> We never would have predicted this. If you could have ever guessed the Miz versus Tommaso Ciampa, even if I picked 
uh, no. two names out of a hat at random a hundred times, this combination never would have come up. No, definitely not. But I like their promo. Their lead-in promo was friggin' damn good. I thought on both ends. Yeah, it was. It was one of those things I didn't think made sense until they did it. Like they literally, I would not have put these two together. There are so many matchups you can go with if you talk about NXT versus main roster. But then you think about how great the Miz is on the mic, the kind of promos that Champa cuts, and together there was like a spark i mean they got to wrestle i really dug that but there was a definite spark out there with those two in the ring well remember there's only gonna most of the main um stars on smackdown and raw are within their own storylines right now right right so that crossover with the nxt stars are going to be have to be taken by those that aren't involved in major storylines sure. essentially right so sure. you know absolutely um I think so. Michael and I were talking about this off the air. Do you think tonight having <clears throat> Tommaso Ciampa beat The Miz, having Adam Cole defeat Daniel Bryan, yep. do you think they would have given these wins to guys like Roman Reigns uh, against guys like Roman Reigns tonight? If Roman had been there, Roman would have been defeated by Adam um, Cole. I do, honestly. They really? beat Daniel Bryan. Um, yeah, but Daniel Bryan's a guy they do this to sometimes, which is they give him a loss, and they think he's pretty pretty. He he bounces back from losses pretty quickly, and they still treat him like a main eventer. Like, I, okay, here's who I say would do it. I think it would have to be like an NXT monster that could that, mm. that I could see them putting over on Roman. Okay. They have to be like a machine. They don't really currently have one that that yeah. I'm aware of. No, but, but not maybe. Adam Cole though, probably. Like a key, either key, like a key, actually Riddle, Matt Riddle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Riddle and Brock Lesnar were in the same building. I know, <laughs> I know, dude. What was Goldberg doing tonight? I'm sure he could have showed up too. Oh, seriously, Brock would eat his lunch. Let's just be clear. <laughs> oh man, uh, after half up everybody else, but I'm just saying, not Brock, <laughs> you know. I'm going to say, aside from that Brock promo tonight, like, even if you don't watch SmackDown and you're watching this podcast, even beyond the clips on YouTube, like, go go to your DVR, watch a replay, fast forward through this episode, watch The Miz versus Ciampa, both some of the promo, the yeah. match, like, there was so much cool stuff, even the, the backstage shots, um, you know, with the talent walking around, mm -hmm. the way they set it up, like, this was nice tonight, I want to talk a little bit about how they, uh, what we saw tonight in terms of faction representation, it did seem interesting tonight. It was more heels. There wasn't a lot of babyface representation mm -hmm. um, in what we saw tonight. Uh, so we had, we were supposed to have a women's tag team match between Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville versus uh, Dana Brooke and Carmella. Before that, Daniel Bryan was backstage talking to Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Adam Cole showed up. And yeah, Daniel Bryan challenged Adam Cole for the NXT title, which set up the main event for tonight. And then we had Bianca Belair backstage destroying Dana Brooke and Carmella, uh, taking them out of that match. And instead of her competing, then we had Tegan Knox and Rhea Ripley come out to face Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. So, I mean, let's talk about this, Matt. How great did Bianca look backstage in that beatdown segment? Awesome. She's a star. She is. She's a star. Yeah, and uh, what did you think of uh, Rhea teaming with Tegan? Actually, I, I almost would have thought Bianca would have been a better choice. Yeah. <laughs> than Tegan, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. I thought the same thing. 
Bianca, man, I mean, this is and this is the thing. It's like I don't want to disrespect Shayna Baszler because I think Shayna, she obviously can wrestle. She can wrestle very well, and she's menacing. Yeah. We've talked about all her strengths, but at the same time, you're telling me that Bianca Belair in the middle of that ring tonight, under those lights in front of that crowd, would play I much mean, bigger. Would play yeah. huge. She's a freaking cartoon character as far as playing big goes mm-hmm. and being animated and being this persona, this character. She's awesome, dude. Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick a woman's talent to put out there, and uh, you've heard it, we stand Rhea Ripley on this podcast pretty hard, but Bianca, yeah. man, Bianca, that's where I, I would put all yeah. my uh, money on someone to put in the ring. That being said, um, I thought Tegan was good yeah. tonight. Um, not the biggest personality in NXT, but you know what? Compared to Rhea Ripley, and maybe that's part of the argument, is that Rhea Ripley needed to really shine. Um, what did you think of her in this match? I mean, really taking it to Mandy. Sonya getting thrown over the, the commentary desk, like hitting yeah. Renee Young in the yeah. face. <laughs> she looked like a monster, I thought. I thought she looked like a freaking beast, like just a total badass. Yeah, you talk she- about Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley there, and I think both of them are just so Big and, and for different reasons, right? Uh, Bianca has a certain kind of character that gravitates. To, you say kind of big cartoon character, not in a bad way, but just she can be such a big personality. And I think Rhea Ripley, she brings this intensity, right? Like this big, big screen intensity um, that she's just an absolute monster. And I'm glad they let those two show off in different ways tonight. I could have used some more Bianca. Um, yeah. but I'm glad, glad they she's, got she's, out she, In my opinion, she's one of the most, if not the most believable. Um, women's act on NXT for my money, Rhea. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. believe everything she does out there. Man, I believe it hurts. <laughs> I believe she's effing people up in real life. Like she's, she's, a, she, she is what Shayna probably does in real life. Okay, yeah, but has not figured mm-hmm. out how to do it. When we're told that when we're in that ring. We're not playing to the people in the sixth, uh, the first through the uh, first six rows or the tenth row. We're supposed to play to the person as far up into that arena in the nosebleed section as humanly possible when it comes to our body language. And that's why they tell us to slow down and take our time out there so everybody all the way up in the nosebleeds can digest who you are, what your persona is, what your character is. So when you see a lot of the talents, and a lot, this is why a lot of old school um, wrestlers and, and people like the pundits get on today's wrestlers so much about bop, 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 spot, 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 <laughs> is because they're not allowing that to take place because those in between the move spots are where you're supposed to be telling us who your character is. For example, think Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man, and that ridiculously heinous laugh of his that he wanted to punch him in the face for. <laughs> He would take the time in between certain moves just to do that. And it would take 20 seconds, 15 seconds to do that. So them all the way up in the top of that arena can see that. And hence the booze and the heat. Now, because is happening, they're not taking the time to let the fans digest their in-between-the-moves characterizations of themselves that they're supposed to be giving off, their isms, if you will, of their personality. That they're supposed, like MJF has, he does it incredibly well. Yeah. Um, so, t- with, with what I'm saying with um, uh, Shayna, Shayna doesn't play big like that where Rhea does. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, it's the difference too, I think, Matt. And I know we're going to talk about the main event here a little bit, but you can have the spots and still pace the match in a way where you have those moments. And I think you see what happened between Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole tonight. I think is a 
better representation of that as yeah. opposed to kind of what you see in the more typical AEW match, which is a little bit more spot heavy. What did it take Daniel Bryan to start doing? Say that again. What did it take DB Daniel Bryan to start doing? To super, he was always over in the Indies. He's over yep. everywhere he went, Ring of Honor, everywhere. Yep. Once he hit WWE, and they really saddled him. They buried that poor kid. At the, the, the first NXT, whatever the hell it was, show that they were doing with oh, that kid, and I yeah. hated them for it. But do, how did he overcome that though? When he started to develop his character, what did he do? He did the the yes chance. He did the kicks. He did he things did, that got the audience. The yes chance. The yes chance in between yeah. whipping people's asses and going 100 miles an hour with his spots and, and it's super athletic yeah. feats that only DB could do. But he slowed it down in between those moves to do the yeses, the no chance, the things like that. You're right. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of, and that's why for my money, uh, Bianca is the best female character, one of the best characters in wrestling because her hair whip. Just the freaking hair whip is freaking crazy over with me. I've said this, man. If WWE is a Capcom fighting game, Bianca is the character I'm playing every game. (laughs) And I'm spamming that hair whip like people used to with Blanca's electricity. Yes. Like, that's my move. Um, Yeah, she's badass. And Rhea, though, man, like, Rhea versus Shayna, that, I I would pay $59.99 for a Last Woman Standing match. On that to headline a takeover, and the reason why because it'll get Rhea, uh, in my opinion, where they put Shayna. Quite frankly, yeah. Shayna is the end all, be all, ass kicker, badass. I think that's role that is just waiting for Rhea to take over by herself. Yeah, yeah, I think it'll be awesome. So this was really good tonight. I mean, this match with uh, Mandy and Sonya versus Tegan and uh, Rhea. Man, how, how, about, how about those two? I thought yeah. they were great tonight. Mm-hmm everyone really brought it tonight. I mean, this is just, it's crazy to me that, you know, maybe not such a bad thing. Give half the night, half the roster a night off at random now and again. And look what happens. You have hungry talents that aren't getting booked as regularly, getting an opportunity out there. I thought they all made the most of it tonight. Well, the, the difference is too. give them a night off, but give them some, give the talent who remain something meaningful to do. You give the, they give talent a night off sometimes. They just put them in middling matches, you know, whatever main event, whatever that TV show is now matches Saturday shotgun, Saturday night matches, right? They don't give them a storyline tonight. They gave them a reason for being, you know what it's like. We were, t- we were talking about this off the air, Matt. It's like you have your favorite meal and I'm sure you've got a ton of like your favorite frozen meal. Well, for you, you get your special delivered meals. You have mm. a ton of them, but sometimes it gets run into the ground. You just get to force a habit. You do it because it's there. It's convenient. It's easy. And you know, it's good enough. But sometimes when a friend says, hey, let's go out to eat or, hey, we're going to cook something, try this. That's what tonight was like. They were forced into a situation to get out of their comfort zone. And yeah. it was fantastic. I don't know why I don't do it more like, like get out of the comfort zone even more. The bigger this company has gotten, the more safe and more structured and paid by numbers they've become because they think they can just manufacture, as we've seen with Roman Reigns and trying to shove them down everybody's throats, if you remember. They assume they could put anybody in that role now, and they can just manufacture talent after talent after talent. This guy gets hurt? No problem. We'll just put Seth Rollins in there. Oh, Seth Rollins gets hurt? No problem. We'll put Dean Ambrose in there. Oh, he gets hurt? No problem. We'll put him. No, yes, that's been happening since the beginning of time with pro wrestling, but the, but the difference between those superstars were very – very, very. They were much bigger. You know yeah. what I mean? They weren't these factory created, if you will, like performers that you could just slide into each other's spots. If somebody slid into like Stone Cold Steve Austin's spot when he got hurt, it was like Triple H. It was a completely different character. If it, was, if it wasn't Triple H, it was The Rock. Even more different. Undertaker, Kane. They're all so damn different, right? 
and, and I don't like the fact that they think they can just do that. And anytime that they've been put into the corner and asked to get outside their comfort zone, that's when WWE has always been its best. I don't get why they don't just do it more. Yeah. Well, they they do the for, they do a formula. You talk about them all having the same character when they put them in that yes. moment spot. It's because they think the formula is this person needs to act like X, say Y, and do D in the ring. And yes. so you get characters that feel very same, which I think is what makes NXT different in the way they book their shows. They ha- they put the people in those spots they want to be in that spot. Obviously, Triple H wants Adam Cole at the helm right now, right? But you you hear them talk about the booking process, and it's very different the way they get to their creative space. Because there's not a pipeline underneath their coming in there. They are the pipeline for SmackDown and Raw. Even when I was in OVW, same damn thing. It was every one of us were monsters, and it could be Heidenreich, Gene Snitsky, Matt Morgan. We we were interchangeable, it felt like, to them. Mm. You know what I mean? And and, and it's it's stupid. And anytime somebody's put them in a corner and made them get out of the comfort zones, a la competition with WCW and ECW, and I'm hoping with AEW, and others yeah. that they'll be forced to do this to do this more. And tonight they were forced into this because of travel con- uh, situation, right? Also, so, ratings have been terrible for NXT for a few weeks now. So, oh, it helps that. I mean, in fact, guys, I want SmackDown to invade NXT next Wednesday. I think yes, SmackDown's going on the or NXT's going on the big screen. AEW's on the tablet Wednesday night if that happens. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and that, who knows? That might uh, turn things around a little bit. I gotta uh, be honest. Hang on, hang on, really quick. I gotta say something. I don't think it had the same luster to me. I think so. No, because the NXT are all the young guys and girls getting their call up, kind of, sort of, right? And SmackDown going to NXT, it's like, no, you're about to ruin my show that I like. <laughs> I'm about to dirty my damn nice clean, you know, water. Get the hell out of here. You're contaminating my water. Get out of here. <laughs> You don't want to see Roman Reigns spearing everybody on a no. Wednesday night? Oh, my night? God. I'll put my head through my damn laptop. No. They're going to have to pick and choose who invades. I think I think it could be done well with the right people. Sami Zayn and Nakamura. Okay, Sami Zayn and Nakamura come okay, back. Okay, I'll agree to that. Yeah. Come on. I'll take that. Yeah. No, you're I, right. mean, I was hoping Daniel Bryan would win the night so we'd see him back on NXT on a normal basis. Okay, right? DB I'll take. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying it could be done well. It'll be done poorly if it's just uh, – uh, Biggie and Kofi come out there, and Biggie like dances around, yes. does some pelvic thrusts. Yes, yeah. throws yeah. some pancakes. Right. No, it, it could be really cool though if done correctly. Um, I do have to say with this backstage segment with Daniel Bryan, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels, what did you think of that? Them teasing Daniel Bryan versus Triple H, then Shawn taking off his uh, coat, putting it back <laughs> on, saying it's cold. I, I thought that was very, very cute. <laughs> what did yeah. you just say? I said it was cute. I mean, I not cute in like a teddy bear sort of way, but it was cute, cute and uh, like funny, like just sort of like oh that that's charming. It, it was a charming sort of funny. Did it tickle you? Did it tickle you, Glenn? I, I was a little tickled. I bet that's what they were thinking when they came up with this segment. They said, "We hope this comes across as being cute." <laughs> Stop emasculating my wrestlers, Glenn. Enough. No more. So. We had the uh, uh, Stephanie McMahon came out. I can't believe this happened. Like, okay, so did you watch any of uh, Lacey and Natalia yesterday? I did. I got to admit, I did. It was a moment, right? Did you get a little, I got a little misty. Oh, I, got I, up. I bought like a freaking, it was terrible. It was terrible how much that made me cry. So good. Um, but then Stephanie coming out tonight, it was the thing that people were like, oh, well, at least Stephanie's not coming out there, like touting this the way she always overdoes it. So tonight she came out. And did 
the usual shtick. Right. Um, but you know, again, I mean, Matt, I know. What are they supposed to do though? Right. Cause the girls themselves weren't there. Yeah. And, and they did show the match. It wasn't just her owning it. And she is also, I hate to admit it. Right. But she is in charge of what is her exact title? PR. Isn't she a brand officer? Yes. Brand officer. And that falls under your purview as brand purview. officer. So, yeah. Yeah. It was a great uh, moment. I yeah. mean, Matt, I know your issues with the Saudi show. I know my issues with it, but we talked about this yesterday. It's like, and my not... issues. Let's just be clear. Oh. <laughs> one upper here. Um, no, I think that. Um... <laughs> and I was like, ah, it's cool. No worries, guys. I got no issues with it. For me, is what it meant to the two girls, especially. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, and that's. The thing... there, I'm like, oh my God, I, I know Natty. I'm like, you're not, there's no way she's holding this in. I'll give her five more seconds. And she held it way longer than, than I thought she would. That's the thing that uh, you guys probably talked about this yesterday, so I'll keep it short. But whatever, whatever political, geopolitical, whatever complaints, one year to the day of the Khashoggi murders, whatever you want to say about the show itself, those are WWE corporate decisions. The two women going out there wrestling, making that impact, and the way they sold that moment is something special. And that can still be a case, even if you have issues with the broader Saudi Arabia deal. So, well, yeah. And look, I want to wait till the talent is home safe from Saudi Arabia till everyone is out of there landed, you know, back had a day or two. I really want to know the story. What really caused this delay getting us out of uh, Saudi Arabia? Yeah. I just thought I'm really quick to call out talent is different than company. I mean, I know they represent the company, but do not blame the talent for the decisions. The company have made. Oh no. If anything, I mean, the talent, I mean, you're saying that. no, no, no. I'm yeah. saying other people online have done that. And yeah, Cool, yeah. Yes, yeah, so I want to hear that story too. Like, was there actually uh, a damaged fuel line? Was there? Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, we have the NXT title match tonight headlining SmackDown Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole. Matt, they got like 20 minutes tonight to have this match. The, and thank you. I was, that's all, that's a match I'd pay for. Yeah. That would be a match I'd pay money for easily. Um, so, hell yeah, that's what I'm saying. This was, this whole show to me felt like a treat. It's great. I mean, part of it's the newness factor, right? I mean, yeah. they can't do these kind of sort of surprises every week, but man, sure. tonight they ran same into the ground so much, doing the same matches, the same stuff again and again. That tonight just was. I mean, this this won the week, in my opinion. This was the best show of the week, right? It's tough to argue. We just saw Daniel Bryan freaking take. I mean, come on. That match was fantastic. Yes, that, that you could have main evented a dozen pay-per-views over this year with that match. And there were so many well-executed moves. They told a great story throughout the, the 20-ish minutes they had. And you were kind of like in this place as being a fan you don't get to go very often, which is I was like, I don't care who wins. Like, what happens if Daniel Bryan wins? Well, then he's an NXT champion now, right? What happens if Adam Cole wins? Well, he just beat a former world champion on SmackDown on the national audience. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a treat to have a great match, to have a clean win. And either way, as a fan, you feel like you are winning as well. I thought that was just that was an awesome moment. It was cool, man. I think uh, if you watch one wrestling show this week... This is the one to watch start to finish the end there. Triple H coming out surrounded by uh, the NXT roster. Leo Rush was there, the NXT Cruiserweight champion. Uh, right. Triple H, Shawn Michaels, 
Um, but yeah, it was interesting. Like not a lot of the pure baby faces necessarily there tonight. Like, right. but I guess they did this at Survivor Series last year too with Raw and SmackDown. Like face and heel doesn't matter. Everybody's like brand aligned, right? Yeah. And that's it. And, th- and those were the more those are the stars that are probably that that should tip their hand as to who WWE is thinking about calling up next as well. Um, yeah. May ask you a question. It, where was um, Velveteen? Yeah, I think he's legit injured for a little bit, isn't he? He really yeah. is. Yeah, that's what I heard. He was he was injured, but yeah, he's a strange omission. Or he, they're selling his injury enough, so if he shows up, if he's the last guy at War Games, mm, that's mm. the surprise return, right? I want him to stand by himself when he comes up eventually. I'm so nervous on what they're going to do with him on that main yeah. roster. I'm so nervous about it. Still, it it was also really smart, I think, too, that you had. NXT guys come out tonight on a night where I think a lot of fans are like, what are they going to do after crown jewel ratings typically go up after a pay-per-view, but they've been dropping for SmackDown. So you gave fans a reason that that don't watch NXT every week to get introduced to this entire cast of characters over the course of two hours that they're more likely to tune into next Wednesday on raw. Like that's how you cross promote your shows. And I I think it was really special. I remember you guys already know this, but I refuse to watch that show. Right. Um, Yesterday's show. It was yesterday, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yesterday's show. Um, each time they go there, I don't watch it, right? But I did know the news of The Fiend beating um, Seth Rollins. And just the news of me reading it on your guys' site, wrestling, uh, Roger's site, Wrestling Inc., right? The, the, the results made me excited to watch SmackDown tonight to see what had happened. Yeah. To, to your point, and meaning like after these pay per views, I don't really notice that the uptick there's usually an uptick of my i'm talking about myself my own like excitement when mm-hmm. there's been a big title change like that and an unexpected one because i thought something else was going to have to happen to get them out of that match again remember i kept saying i can't imagine bray wyatt walk around with the championship like what are they going to be taking eight by tens with him wearing the title and how do they <laughs> do that he shouldn't care about a title all these different things I kept thinking, like it doesn't fit his context of his storyline. He shouldn't give two rats, you know what's about a championship. Yeah. Um, but they did it. He won. And I was very interested in tuning in tonight to see what they were going to do with it, you know? So there is that 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 hangover effect to want to be able to see what happened the night before. When we were kids, that was the rate. That was all the rate. Yeah. Remember, if you weren't lucky enough to yeah. catch you, you definitely were watching. You watched well. Monday. And in the first five minutes, they would show you. They couldn't show the video because of pay-per-view rights, but they would show you the pictures, right? And the, the over-talking the announcers over top of the pictures. It was great. That's why I was so disappointed tonight and full of snark on Twitter because I wanted to see Bray. So when it was clear he wasn't there and they opened with Brock and Paul in the match last night, I was saying I'd rather have uh, Vince and Steph and Shane and Triple H cleaning out an old storage facility and have an 80s or 90s style clip show. Hey, remember that time this funny thing happened? Um, Because it seemed like we were just going to get filler tonight, right? (laughs) Yeah. And instead, we got... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the best thing the WWE has done in a while. Certainly yep. the best episodic TV they've done in a while. It was definitely the most intriguing. Um, the matchups, I thought, were really good. Ciampa and, and Miz delivered, I thought. Yeah. Again, never would have pre- – I mean, like, not never. even on my radar as a yes. prediction. Yes. And well, I you know what's – What was referring okay. to himself as the best. Yeah. Like that. I believe he believes that. But let me ask you guys one question. Do you feel he looked undersized? Because on NXT, he looks yoked. He looks like a freaking bodybuilder. And next to Miz, who isn't is no Lee Haney, um, freaking he looked kind of diminutive. 
No. Um, I mean, I think that uh, the Miz looked so stupid and looked so stupid in that outfit. Oh, that it, it, ridiculous! Yes, it's true. Yeah, that <laughs> Champa just looked menacing as hell compared to the ridiculousness. I mean, it made the Miz look more ridiculous, ridiculous, and it yeah. made uh, yeah, it made Champa look all the better. His 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 poise on that promo too. I wanted to point out was really well done. Miz went at him after like when it was Miz's turn to to, to semi close that promo. Champa did not. He didn't bat one eyelash. He did not blink whatsoever. Not even a milli blink, if there is such a thing. Most guys in that predicament that are new, you guys do that. There's old Lee, <laughs> just so everyone gets mad at that reference. <laughs> um, but do you know what I'm saying? Like he did not even he didn't twitch. He didn't like, kind of step back. A lot of new guys will do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he stood there and went right back at him, which I argued Daniel Bryan did not do on that that set of what do you call it? Um, when Miz ripped into Daniel. Oh, Bryan. talking smack. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. I I did think too. Um, I, I thought the NXT guys actually looked fine next to the WWE guys and Bryan and um, Adam Cole. Right? People make fun of Adam Cole on Twitter because people are mean, but but yeah, I thought they looked fine. But the pacing of the show. Really what made. Make, what do they make fun of Adam Cole for? They say he's too tiny. He can never be a main uh, roster dude. Let's make fun of him or just critiquing. Like, for instance, well, I'm, yeah, but, I'm not going to enter a, sh- a short person's yeah. competition anytime soon. That's not somebody making fun of me. <laughs> You're right. Fair <laughs> enough. But those they exist. don't critique him. They take it to a point, and that's a critique. They take it to a point of like making funny memes about how small he is. The point. Really? Yes. Yeah, they do this kind of stuff. Uh, all yeah, time. That, that's crappy. Then. So, yeah. Um, did, what did you think of this? I know uh, we saw him with part of the Undisputed Era at the end. Adam Cole alone. I. I mean, I don't mean to keep having this be a theme. He looks like a star on his own. You put him with Undisputed Era, and it's just kind of they all blend together. I agree with that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, they're all collectively short together. It does. It. It, it, it doesn't stick out. Yeah. And but I think their personalities blend together too. Like, who is Bobby Fish these days? Like, they just don't even focus on what made these guys so special in the Indies. And at, and at first, I get why because they are the sum of the of all parts is supposed to be their shtick and their gimmick, right? Like, kind of like Voltron in a weird way. I guess. <laughs> I'm not really reaching on that, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So, it works. So, but but not once you get up onto that main roster, you're not going to be able to have four guys wrestling at this. It's not going to work that way. Um, so I liked him by himself, and I thought he looked okay in that ring with Daniel Bryan. I thought they put him over well tonight on commentary, Triple H, everyone. I thought with Adam Cole, like they really, really yeah. built him up. This is a chance for them to, I think, give him a bit of a reset and let him be a true star with this. Um, but, yeah, I think if they, if they bring him up with Undisputed Era together as a package and keep this going, I don't think it's going to be as good for Adam in the long run. I think he can really carry it on his own. Um, so uh, the big news story for anyone that hasn't been paying attention again, after Crown Jewel, Vince, Brock Lesnar, um, Paul Heyman, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, they got out while the show was still going or shortly thereafter on their own charter flights, WWE talent. The official line is that it was a mechanical issue, but somewhere some 30-some-odd talents uh, spent an extra 24 hours in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. And it looks like from Twitter, they are just now in the air in the last hour or so yeah. on their way home. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. 
crazy things happen. Actually, I, I, you asked me earlier. Yeah. Um, one of the crazy things I was on the um, one of the, one of the two flights from hell. People combine two stories when they tell this. By the way, they do. <laughs> There's the one with Mister Perfect and whoever the Dustin fighting each other on the back of a plane, or Brock rather in the back of a plane or wrestling around or whatever. And then there's the one in which our plane almost crashed. And that was a plane that we were flying, I believe, to Australia. Um, and we ran out of gas and we had to land in Russia to get gas. Wow. And we had been on this flight already forever. So we land on ice, first of all, an AC runway in Russia. Um, KJB comes on our plane with machine guns walking up <laughs> and down our aisle. And all the agents were terrified because we we have an open we at the time had an open bar on this charter flight. They had alcohol, and a lot of the guys and girls had been drinking and just about to pass out and go to sleep when all this happened. So it's like, oh, please, guys, don't say anything stupid. Just shut your mouths, look forward, you know, let them come on, let them get off. And um, sure enough, Brock wanted to get off the plane. Just. Randomly, just I'm gonna, no, no, we're, I'm gonna, just to fight back, just to basically because wow. he's brought in there <laughs> and try to get up, get off the plane, and oh my god, like Dean and Malenko, every like agent had to be like, dude, get back to your seat. They're coming on here with guns. What do you don't understand? Go sit down. Um, and it was kind of scary in that regard. Um, but we were down there for like three hours while they were filling up that tank, and we had to wait until we had clearance to get the hell out of there. This was emergent, like a legit emergency yeah. landing because we had hit a snowstorm that kept us up in the air far too more longer than what they expected us to be, I guess. And once we get to Australia, that's when Nathan Jones quits. <laughs> wow. Um, did y'all talk about ratings at all last night, Glenn? Yeah. Uh, they were not good this week. No, so we won't rehash that story. We talked about the flight issues. The only other thing um, it's worth noting here is just, um, yeah, if you haven't seen it yet, uh, Joey Mercury lashed out at um, ROH uh, General Manager Greg Gilliland today. Um, had kind of a Twitter explosion um, without getting into all of it. And you can listen to, you can read the report Ooh. on the site. Um, um, Greg Gilliland. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you can you can read the report on the side. I won't go over the entire tweet because it was quite a tweet storm he put out. Or you can listen to the Winkley today. Nick detailed this very well. Um, but he accused he accused the general manager there of of all sorts of things. Um, one. <laughs> so for example, he named. I was getting ready to call a couple out here. So he call, accused Gilland of uh, being high at shows, not proper care, not properly caring for talent such as Flip Gordon when he dislocated his elbow, or Jay Lethal when he broke his arm. Um, very serious accusations. He also mentions the infamous fan incident from earlier in the year involving Bully Ray, um, improper concussion protocols, um, and even said he allowed Kelly Klein to travel to South Africa following a brain injury. Um, the interesting thing about this story is that a lot of talent have come out in support of um, Joey Mercury, including Kelly Klein. Um, a lot of people talking about how um, he is uh, one of the most upstanding people there and how much he has done. And how he's one of the smartest guys in the business. Um, so, yeah, um, you know, Joey Mercury definitely took it to an extreme on Twitter um, today. Uh, but, you know, things at Ring of Honor have been kind of rough for a little while now. It seemed like there have been news stories popping up here and there. Um, and this just seems to be another one of those incidences in what I would consider a very rough year for Ring of Honor. They had that peak 
WrestleMania weekend. They did a show with New Japan, sold out at Madison Square Garden. It was awesome. And then it seems like ever since then, they've just been falling further and further kind of down that ladder. And um, so, yeah, not good. Not a good look. Without knowing anything about the other guy, which isn't really fair when, when, when casting dispersions. But at the same time, I've known Joey Ryan since 2003. He's a, real, he's a very good man. You mean Joey he's, Mercury? Joey Ryan, did I say? Yeah. Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Joey no Mercury. Um, he's a good man. He's a rebuilt man. He's he's a man of Christ. I don't know if that matters to some of you guys, some of us, it's, others it does. But my point is for him to come out like that, where there's smoke, there's usually fire. He, he, that's not his MO. Yeah. The summation well, here is unsafe environment for talent in and out of the ring. No security, no medical staff, no women uncreative, worst looking wrestling on or off TV, no job description, nothing in terms of anything I've suggested. Blah, 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 blah. So, uh, before we go, Meltzer tweeted, although I'm sure most people can figure this out, the key driver of SmackDown was uh, Paul Levesque, aside from the opening segment tonight. So, Triple H God. was in control tonight. Gee, I couldn't tell. Hey. <laughs> You know, you never know, man. I mean, you know, a lot of times when uh, Vince all of a sudden grew hair on his ass and said, oh, you know what? Let's get these NXT kids up. Yeah, right. <laughs> Those kids it, really need a push. Let's do it. I mean, I mean, didn't we all know this? I mean, is Dave going to break next week that this, this new young hot tag team is starting a new company? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. I, I thought everybody, I mean, dead serious. I, I like Dave. I'm just BSing around. Mm-hmm. But didn't we all kind of know that? Well, I mean, but you always hear, though, the, about Vince tearing up the script, rewriting stuff, doing, uh, you know, all of these things at the last minute. Tonight, um, I mean, there were reports from other people saying, I mean, that if you look at tonight, uh, a lot of trusted talkers, the people they put out there with a the mic, a lot of the people that they know can sort of do their thing. They were giving bullet points and notes. There wasn't, it wasn't scripted tonight. Um, I hate to say it, tonight was pretty good proof that maybe that's the way to go going forward. Yep. One would think. One would think, but again, it has to be one of these one in a million situations for Vince to let it fly through like that. Unfortunately, I hope that ratings go up for this show throughout the night. I mean, there's plenty of time in there. You, you have NXT invading around the eight thirty hour. Um, there's plenty of time. I think Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole got announced right around nine. Uh-huh. Fans should tune in. I, I hope we see that spike up, and maybe that tells the story. Wait, to what do you mean? Man. Is it not aired somewhere? What do you mean? No, no, I just mean that the hour-by-hour hour breakdown. I, I hope that that goes up throughout the night to prove that there was vested interest in the show, not just we tuned in and tuned back. Because you, you see it go down so often in Raw anymore, right? So. so here's the plan. I want somebody who works in the XFL to be a hero. I don't want to put anyone life, anyone's life in jeopardy. I don't want anyone to be stranded or experience unnecessary hardship. But someone in the XFL, you need to create a crisis every Friday afternoon so that way Vince is otherwise disposed <laughs> and SmackDown could be like it was tonight. <laughs> be a good. hero. That for all would, of us. really would be being a hero. Yes. Yes. The other plan may be a nine to five scenario. If we could kidnap Vince, put him in like a harness, you like get the garage door opener, strap him to the ceiling. I'll accept kidnapping Vince also. Also, I would accept retirement. Let's go for less dramatic, less violent opportunities here. <laughs> I think my two scenarios are much more plausible. That's probably <laughs> true. Uh, okay, that being said, he's got to get to the gym. He is BP Matt Morgan. Find him on Twitter and Instagram. He is at The Real Wiseman on Twitter. I'm Acklin Rubenstein on Twitter. Greatly appreciate a follow. We will see you back here Monday night to talk about Raw and 
Will NXT invade Raw? Who knows? Tune in to the Wrestling Inc. podcast. We'll see you then. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.